Welcome to another episode of Get to Know a Blue Gator. Joining me today is Ascension's lower and middle school counselor, Melissa LaCour. Melissa was born and raised in Abbeville and earned a bachelor's degree in mass communication from UL and a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling from the University of the Cumberlands in Williamsburg, Kentucky. Prior to joining Ascension, Melissa worked for a local nonprofit agency where she conducted in-home family therapy and is currently serving adolescents and adults in her private counseling practice after school hours. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Melissa. Thanks for having me. Um, I know you're not one who is shy in front of a microphone. Is it true that you studied sports broadcasting in college? I did. Um, When I was at UL, I was studying mass communication, but my concentration was in broadcasting. Um, And my intention with that was to work for ESPN. That was my dream. (laughs) Um, So my senior year of college, I got a internship opportunity to go work in Houston at one of the Fox affiliate stations there and I got to do a lot of sports writing and sports broadcasting and I really liked it Um, but you know God put it on my heart to come back here and take a different direction and to this day sports is still a very big passion of mine and I still have those moments where I'm like, I should, I should do that again. I could do that again because I just love the world of broadcasting and sports and how that yeah. all fits together. Well, podcasting makes it so much easier yeah. nowadays. You can just do that. As yeah. A moonlighting job. Little sports podcast on the side. <laughs> I think you should. I think that's awesome. Okay, well, so what led you down this path to ending up being a counselor? Yeah, so when I, um, when I came back from Houston after um, graduating college, I I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just knew that what I needed in a career was one of service and one of helping and one of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the media world and the, the broadcasting world is fun and it's exciting, but there's a, a lot of aspects of it that are very draining yeah. um, on your character, on your emotional, you know, well-being. And I didn't feel like I would be able to thrive and be my best self in that field. So I came home ready to just kind of start fresh. Um, and so I bounced around from a few jobs and uh, worked in youth ministry um, at a local church. I've been involved in music ministry for years. And it's like every different step I took in my life career-wise led me a little bit closer. And when I was right. 28, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go back to school. And I'm going to study counseling because I really feel like this is what I want to do. And I thought that my passion um, was with teenagers, mm-hmm. and it was at the time because I, I had a lot of experience working with teenagers, but what I didn't know was, you know, God's plans are always better than ours, but my first job after grad school, I worked with kids as young as one and two, and I worked with little bitties wow. um, all the way up to 18, but I, I worked a lot with younger kids and realized that there was so much there that I didn't know before and so I worked in that nonprofit for a few years and then this opportunity came up and it's been awesome so it's like every little step you know just led a little bit closer yeah oh that's awesome yeah that's awesome um and so I kind of want to get into the counseling part of things now I'm gonna ask kind of a, a tougher question but years ago there it seems like there was a stigma around seeing a counselor or a therapist but now with so many people talking about mental health and being advocates for people's mental health on social media and stuff 
seeing a counselor for your mental health is almost viewed as equivalent to going to the gym for your physical health. What do you think has caused this shift in view? And what would you say to someone who maybe is considering counseling but is afraid of that stigma associated with it? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, There's definitely been a shift around the stigma of mental health. I feel like even in the time I've been in this work, um, I think part of that is more related to a better understanding and education and, and knowledge in society you know, psychoeducation and the ability to teach people about their mental health and yeah. tying it more to well-being, I think has kind of helped to ease that. I do also think that people who are in the spotlight, whether that be, um, you know, celebrities or news people or athletes even, which I'm seeing a big trend towards that in, in professional sports, yeah. is um, them talking about it like, hey, you know, like, yeah, I make all this money. I do what I love for a living, but... I have anxiety or I have depression. And I think another part of that education piece is recognizing that counselors are not doctors, right? So with a lot of situations, you'd say, like, I have a cold. I'm going to go to the doctor because I'm sick and I need you to fix it. And so I need you to give me medicine and tell me what to do and then my cold will go away. But that's a medical model, right? And counseling prescribes to the wellness model, which is not something is wrong with you and I need to fix it. It's more of just becoming your whole self, becoming the most well, healthy version of yourself. And so I think people recognizing that they don't have to have a severe diagnosis of a mood disorder or a behavior disorder or um, severe PTSD in order to seek out those types of services, that's helped with the stigma too. Because when we look at it more from the wellness model of I'm just on this journey and you're going to do this journey with me and we're going to figure out together how you can fix you. I'm not here to fix you. I can't fix you, but you can fix you. And so just continuing to educate people and help them to better understand what counseling is at its core, I think is helping that stigma to become um, a little bit less. And so, you know, for people who are considering counseling and for people who might be worried about the perception of that, I would say, like, I get that, you know, I I empathize with that because I remember when I was younger feeling like, oh, something must be wrong with me because I need to go to counseling. But, you know, I still go to counseling. I do this for a living and I still go because in my mind, there's always something I can be better at. There's always an area of my life where I still have room to grow. And so I just have that heart to heart real talk conversation with people and usually that helps them to kind of feel more confident right but and I think it's sometimes just changing their perspective yeah so it's yeah. not changing what they're thinking or changing who they are but just changing their perspective yeah and I get help. clients in my office often at my private practice who will say like I'm not sure about this and I'm like okay yeah. that's yeah. cool let's talk about it why are, why are you unsure about it and even just Letting them feel okay with feeling that way yeah. sometimes helps with that stigma too. So yeah. I and think I, we're moving in the right direction. I agree. And I think social media actually, you know, sometimes social media can be harmful at times, but I think it also has opened it up and made the community kind of connect more. Yeah. And then you can really talk about mental health more mm-hmm. in a positive way and see that other people are going through it too. And stuff. Yeah, it's access to resources yes. too, you know, like to read yes. a post and be like, oh, I, yes, that's, yes how I that's how I feel. And we right. feel less alone. And when we don't feel so alone, we don't feel the stigma of that. Yeah. I like the one you said too, where the counselor isn't there to fix you. Because I think a lot of times like when we 
maybe confide in our significant other or our best friends, they want to fix us. Yeah. They want to, they want to, they don't want you to feel bad. So they want you, they want to fix you. And so that's a different perspective that I even have is by going to a counselor, it's really just opening your eyes to how you can fix yourself, yeah. that you have the tools already. You just might need help seeing them. Right. So I love it. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All about my empowerment. That's right. Awesome. So what tips could you give parents, maybe like three tips that you can give parents to kind of help their child? Because you work with currently kids in first through seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Um, those particular ages can be rough, especially middle school. Uh-huh. So what kind of tips could you give to help their child thrive in today's society that parents can do? Oof, that's a good one. Um, I could probably make a long list of tips, right? But if we had to narrow it down, I would say one of the most important things a parent can do to help their child thrive is to focus on teaching them connection. Um, To form a connection with your child emotionally in a way that no matter what your child is going through, positive, negative, um, embarrassing, shameful, any of those types of feelings that they know that you're a safe place to land and that they're going to be met with unconditional love and a judgment-free zone. And I think when kids feel that way, like even if they feel they failed, they know that their parents have their back. Forming that connection to them allows them to better understand relationships in the greater context of the world. So that would be important, I'd say. Um, Another tip, I think, would be to focus on social-emotional learning in the home. Um, that's something I think we do really well here as a school, but it can't end here. It needs to, it needs to carry on at home too. You know, we focus so much on making sure our kids make good grades and that if they're in, um, piano lessons, they're practicing every day. And if they're in sports that they're working on that and they're showing up and, and all those things matter and all those things are important. But if we're not teaching our children social emotional learning, then they're not going to have emotional regulation when those things don't go well. They're not going to have conflict resolution skills to manage conflict on their team or in the classroom. Um, And that leads to kind of the third thing, which I think is that parents need to model those things for their kids. Um, I think, you know, I think back to my childhood, and I have wonderful parents, but I was a very um, emotionally expressive (laughs) child. (laughs) That's a nice way to say it. And um, my parents are a little more, uh, not serious, but not so emotional um, outwardly. And I felt like I didn't see them express in certain ways. And so it communicated to me that it wasn't wasn't okay. okay. And one thing I try to do with my work here and with my classroom lessons with our kids is like, your feelings are okay. No matter how you feel, it's okay. What we do with them is what matters. Right. But we can't change how we feel. Our feelings are our feelings. And so I think parents modeling for their kids, like when they're having a hard day, it's okay for your kids to know that. When they have a setback at something, to show them like what tenacity and working and perseverance looks like. Just being able to model emotions for your kids and not just be the place for them to land when they're feeling it, but showing them that it's okay to feel these things is going to create more well-rounded and like emotionally uh, mature and stable kids. And to me, those things carry on into adulthood and they'll figure the rest out. They'll figure out how to succeed academically or how to get better at that sport or that instrument or whatever it is they're into. But 
the emotional, social emotional learning piece, I think, is like the foundation to all those other things being successful. Yeah, and it has to happen early because yes. then if not, it's like you're playing catch up and yeah. unlearning bad habits. Yes. So that's why you see some of the teenagers' yeah. behaviors. And, yeah, <laughs> and I, you know, tough, I, I think it's you're you're right. Like you do have to go back and unlearn some of those things when it doesn't happen early enough in life. But that's possible, right? You know, right. and I think brain is malleable. Yeah, yeah, especially thankfully. <laughs> yeah, with the younger ages, like you can really go back and be like, okay, we're gonna try this, we're gonna do that, and we're gonna talk about yeah. this. And yeah. kids usually adapt better than we think that they do. Yeah, and I'm noticing that too. I have a very, I have a child who is very outwardly emotional and lots of things, happy, sad, all the things. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we're we're practicing what to do with those emotions when, or like the response that she has, you know. Yeah. So she can have it, but it's not okay to throw something down and break it. Uh, you know, yeah. like that anger, she let that anger kind of end up with consequences. Right. And that's what I'm doing in my lower school lessons right now is we're talking about the connection between emotions, thoughts, and behaviors. Because feelings lead to thoughts and thoughts lead to behaviors. And so the fact that you got angry is not the problem. But when the anger right. leads to these thoughts that then cause you to hurt a friend or be unsafe. Right. That's when anger is a problem. And teaching them to be okay with their feelings, but recognize them in their body, how they feel them. Name it. Name it, and then kind of reprocess that thought so it doesn't lead to negative behavior. So, boy, that takes a lot of practice. Yeah. You don't (laughs) master, that's not something you master. No, I feel like I still have to work on that sometimes. Same, same. I'm sure everybody (laughs) can relate to that. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, and lastly, we'll switch back to a little bit of a lighter hearted thing. But um, as you're fairly new to the Blue Gator family, this is your second year mm-hmm. at Ascension, what do you think makes Ascension unique or, you know, what what have you fallen in love with here that you're like, gotta share? Oh, that's hard. Um, There's so many, right? I love the kids. I really, <laughs> really love the students here. They're, um, they keep me on my toes. They're funny and they're engaging. But I think, you know, um, one of the things that I think really sticks out to me is um the culture here as far as it's very life-giving and it's very um it's very focused to me in the right ways Mm -hmm. um you know schools all have their strengths and schools all have their weaknesses because there's no such thing as the perfect school right right and so there's always going to be things in certain locations and places where you feel like that could be better, that could be better, that could be better. And here I feel like there's that accountability of making sure we're improving in all these areas. But the things that we offer here, to me, give our kids the best opportunity to be well-rounded, successful kids, right? So we have a um, we have sports and academics. We have uh, fine arts and theater and music and media and all these cool things you know I'm always like can I go back to school because like (laughs) I would have loved to take some of these classes as a kid which we didn't have the opportunity for that you know obviously the academic excellence and the 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 rigor of the academic side of things but I think particular to what I do here the focus on the whole child that it's not just academics it's not just spirituality it's not just extracurriculars it's how do all those things play together and how do we support our kids in that and right. giving us the giving me really the opportunity to go into classrooms one by one and like have these conversations with kids right um because like i said earlier those things all matter 
But if we don't have that foundation of social emotional learning, yeah, we're not going to be able to be truly successful as we get older because we're missing a, a piece that's foundational. So yeah. the focus on the whole child, you know, from pre-K three all the way up, I feel like is one of the things that really in my mind sets Ascension apart from any other school in the area and it's what I really love about working here awesome I I can't agree more (laughs) being here this is my 18th year at Ascension Um, and I was here before I even had children and that's kind of what I fell in love with as a teacher you know in this school and now with my two kids here I see it so much more now as a in a different perspective yeah right so yeah I couldn't agree more well, thank you. We're just out of time. Um, I'm so grateful for having you on the staff, especially my children get to benefit <laughs> from your services here. Um, and you just have seemed to fit in from like day one, just like this is your home. Yeah, you know? I love it here. <laughs> um, and thank you for always sharing your sweet smile. I know you can't see her smile, but she's always <laughs> smiling and she's always happy. And uh, she's got a great listening ear and so much wise advice for our Blue Gators. So thank you. That's all the time Thanks we have for, for today. Me. So wherever you are, have yourself a great Blue Gator day.